Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast with the man they call Dave. And by the way, forgive the lighting. I forgot to light up a little bit here. But hey, AJ, what's going on? I wish I wish producer Joe was with us. He always remembers to light up before the broadcast. He always remembers that guy. He's He's got a spark. He's got a spark. <laughs> nobody, nobody lights up better than producer Joe. Light it up for this godfather, Pip Daddy. Man, all right, so last week we talked top five male wrestlers of the year. I got some spirited responses from some of the people that wrote in. It's pretty good, you know? And What, uh, what, what were those responses? Mostly, you suck. <laughs> they were not a fan. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we'll see how this week's go. Top five females of the year. Again, given that this is kind of like more the end of the year awards, I actually kept the tally with the exception of yours. With I consider the main vote getters of what I saw. So we'll see this week how we go. I can tell you right now, based off of my votes and the people's votes, there are two women that are tied, and they are the top vote getters. So yeah, I would imagine that most likely they're going to make my list. Also, I, I think that it, both I, I, I think it was a solid year, especially for two competitors in particular. And then to me, there's a third one who I'm going to bring up, who I think really pushed the envelope this year and really did a great job. Also. I think I know who you're talking about, and she got a few votes as well, so she might make our top three. We'll we'll talk about it. I, I know who you're talking about. Big, if I'm right, and I'm just going to hint to you, you've been a big fan of hers for a while and thought she was finally getting her just due this year. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. We'll talk more about that. All right, I'll, I'm going to hit us off with a couple, and uh, then we'll go to you. I got Scott from Voluntown. He's got Trisha Adora. He's got Thunder Rosa, Deanna Perrazzo, Utami Hasha... I forget. How, it looks like Hayashishida. Zach. Easy him, for you to say. Are going to butcher me about this. I actually looked up some stuff. She's from Stardom. She's killing it. But so, yeah. Well, anybody, hey, guys out there, if you're out there and you're checking this out for the first time or you're checking out our podcast for the first time, we support women's wrestling. And one of the best places to find women's wrestling is Stardom. Stardom, Shine, organizations like that. They might not have the big names like you're going to see because WWE and because AEW and stuff like that obviously has more broadcasting. But check out Shine. Check out Stardom. You, you won't regret it. Also, he has a woman named Gilia. G-I-U-L-I-A. So, Scott, you know you're wrestling, baby. That's why I try to get as much info as I well, can. A, a lot of the girls on Scott's list or the women on Scott's list are very similar to his tastes when it comes to the men's wrestling. He's got a lot of good, strong style there. I love a lot of those girls that he's got on there. It's just hard to say that they're in the top five just because, unfortunately, the eyes that are on them. Yeah, we'll see. Also, Scott did tell me afterwards that he also interpreted this as some of his favorites. So his yeah, list which is great. Changed. Absolutely. Yeah, his list might have changed. I never got back to him in time. That I found that out yesterday before we recorded this. So no, no. Scott oh. knows his wrestling as well as anybody. If he wasn't a little camera shy, we would get him on the podcast. He's got he's got some got some friends in low places. We can't talk about anyway. That's <laughs> All right, Mike Caldwell, former guest of the show. He's got a list. Britt Baker, Bianca Belair, Shasha Banks, Charlotte, Rhea Ripley. All right, I'm going to pick a person out of this list. Rhea Ripley. I love me some Rhea Ripley. She was a tag Absolutely. team this year. I think she had a brief run as a if, woman champion. I just didn't think she was unfortunately for her, if anything, the WWE took a step back with her. I have a problem with a couple people on that list. One, Charlotte always has good years, but I don't think this is one of her better years. And Sasha Banks, while she did have a couple big moments, missed most of the year filming other projects or injured. So um, I have a problem with a few of those on the list. I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I'm going to give you my list before we go to your list here. And a couple. I have Bianca Belair, Britt Baker, and I didn't see this woman on people's list. We'll see if she makes your list later. I got Camille, champion, just because I thought she was a dominant champ. Like, and she was on, uh, she got 
a little cameo on AEW too. And the the only problem with Camille once again is just how limited the NWA ran this year. Obviously, it was a big year for her. She had a great year for what was done with her. Yeah. It's just being signed to a company that's not running as often as other companies hurt her a little bit this year. I just put her on that list for top five because she was booked very well and <laughs> she looks great and she's got star written all over. I think it's absolutely she's going to make a big splash. And whether that's WWE or AEW, she's going to be capable of doing it either way. Um, uh, she's got a much better career ahead of her than her husband. <laughs> I love me some Thomas Latimer, baby. We all, okay, first of all, you, people are going to take that out of context. I absolutely love Thomas Latimer. Thomas Latimer is a hell of a wrestler. He always has been. Unfortunately, I don't know if politically he will ever get the push that he deserves just because of who he was connected to at one point in his life. Hmm. Well, uh, we shall see. You know, I, I like them both. One last name on my list, probably not going to make yours, Yana Perrazzo, Impact Women's no, Champion. Not. I thought she had a great year winning the Impact title. I thought she's one of the, you know, really put some shine on the knockout division. And she did a great job of really showing where WWE and even NXT, at a time when NXT was actually doing very well with stars, dropped the ball on her. I Completely would, dropped the ball. They yeah, didn't know what to do with her. If there's any two women that NXT dropped the ball with, it was Deanna Perrazzo and Ty Conti, I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, more Perrazzo. Yeah, yeah, Perrazzo. Yeah, but in fairness, Perrazzo's been wrestling for years. Oh, Ty, Ty Conte is still greener than goose shit and still learning learning the business. Well, I, I, mean, I don't know if she's as green as goose shit now, but I know what you no, mean. No, no, no. I meant at the time she was in NXT. I'm sorry right, I should have right. said that. She was making improvements then, too. A lot of people – so this is an argument I've heard online. A lot of people talk about how – the system in NXT was broken, and that's why Ty is improving. I disagree. You, I love Ty Conte. Ty. Ty was already improving when she was in NXT. They 100%. let her go. But Ty has continued improving AEW, and I think a lot of this is on Ty. Ty soaks up knowledge, it seems like, from what I've seen. She trains with Dustin down there, too, and a lot of other people. She works her ass off, which yeah. is not easy because that's an amazing – Hey, now. All right. Continue it on. Hey, what should you want to be with a list, actually? What do you got? Let's go with Randy Osga first here. That's uh, Let's make sure I'm actually reading Randy's first here. Nope, this is Mike Flynn. Let's go with Mike Flynn first. Mike brought us Britt Baker, Bianca Belair, Thunder Rosa, Charlotte, and Io Shirai. Io Shirai. Now, Io Shirai last year had an absolutely amazing year. And even in the beginning of this year, she was having an amazing year. However... She took the time off to heal up, took time off to get herself back into place. And since she's come back, she hasn't been used the same way. Yes, she is in the war games coming up. Yeah. However, she has not been used as the dominant force that she did before she left. So I don't really think that this is her year. So putting her in the top five is a little off to me. Same thing with Charlotte. Thunder Rosa, to me, has not gotten enough votes yet. Thunder Rosa is one of those women that at any given time can wrestle with anyone and have a five-star match. Absolutely. So, so far, I think... Bianca and Britt, as usual, are making every list. Flynn and Scott uh, have so far. I actually had Rosa. I took off and put Camille on there. So. Oh, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I actually kind of second-guessed that a little bit. But we'll yeah. continue on with Jesse from New Hampshire because he's got Britt Baker, Serena Deeb, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and Charlotte Flair. I like the Serena Deeb on there. I don't normally, you know, care for Jesse in New Hampshire's answers because he's in New Hampshire. But he did a great job with this one. I think his list was good. Once again, I do question the Sasha Banks and Charlotte on everybody's list. But I can I, I continue to be impressed with some of the people that, uh, that they are coming up with. And Serena Deeb was a good one. You got Randy Oscar next there. I do. Now, Randy, Randy tried to invoke the Jake rule. He tried to go with six people here. Yeah. And Randy, you know, I love you. You're only getting five. So I'm going to pick which one I want to take off your list. Oh, man. So we're going to go with Britt Baker, yep. Diano Parazza, Thunder Rosa, Bianca Belair. And now I had to choose between Raquel Gonzalez and Mandy Rose. I'm going to shock you here. I'm going Mandy Rose. I think wow. Mandy Rose has had a transformation year here, is mm -hmm. really putting it together, whereas Raquel Gonzalez has been on the backslide for the second half of the year. So I'm going to actually go with Mandy Rose, even though she couldn't wrestle her way out of a wet paper bag. Because it's not who can wrestle better. It's top five women wrestlers of the year. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with Zach St. John. Now, if you notice, we are hearing a couple more Thunder Rosa votes too now. He had Thunder Rosa... I'll call it, and Zach's got to go with Britt Baker, 
Bianca Belair, Utami, Deanna Perrazzo, and Thunder Rosa. So Rosa does get some votes here. Yeah, man. That's it. What do you got for this now? Just yourself? So, yeah, it's just down to me. You know, the it's me. It's me. It's not DDP. But I do have for you Britt Baker, Bianca Belair. Of course. I also have Thunder Rosa. Okay. And now, for me, this was the hardest spot to pick this fourth person, to be honest with you. My fifth one was easy. That's gonna That, that one's not going to shock anyone. But my, my fourth position, believe it or not, I think Liv Morgan is actually starting to come into her own. Uh, I'm not a big WWE fan when it comes to their women's wrestling, but she has worked hard all year. She's getting the spotlight in there, and I think she's getting a chance to come into her own. So I'm actually going to give her my number four spot. And then, of course, we're going to go with, what was that other one? Diana Parazza. Yeah, I knew you pick her. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. She can work a match with anyone, any style, and she should be dripping in gold. And a AAA as well, too. I think she might Absolutely. She was, the, she was actually simultaneously the AAA and Impact Women's Champions, and I believe she's still actually the AAA Women's Champion. Mickey James, who took the belt off her, also had a wonderful year, but I don't do the Jake rule, so screw off Mickey James. I wouldn't put Liv there yet. I like Liv a lot. I just think that there are some other women, like a Mickey James, like a, even Banks. I mean, she was one half of the Mania main event at one point it just had a little bit better years i do want to see Liv get there i think Liv is getting the reaction i, I just think this is her best year reaction wise yeah and in her career so far and to be honest with you this is more of a charity spot for me where i think that <laughs> she's she's really making those pushes so I, i'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and maybe this might be the best year of her career unfortunately for her we'll see all right <laughs> now all right the top two vote getters are going to get automatically in there. I think we know who those are. That is Bianca Belair and Britt Baker. Yeah. More on them. Now, for that final spot, based off of people's votes and just, you know. I'm going to guess it's got to be close between Thunder Rosa and Diana Parata. It is. It's exactly who it is. Now, it's interesting, right? So let's just try to talk between those two for a minute. Like, if you look at Parazzo, uh, not Parazzo, if you look at Britt Baker even, like she's in our, you know, top two vote getters, right? <laughs> does Britt Baker, I say she does, but I was going to say, does she have the year she has without Thunder Rosa? But Thunder Rosa really helped her so, year. Yeah, right? she helped get her over, helped work with her, really brought her wrestling ability to the next level. Yeah. Obviously, the personality wise, Britt Baker's shining and she works with a lot of people closely. I mean, she has one person in her own household who's pretty good right. at personality, but she also works closely with Jericho and she's quick to pick people's brains. But without Thunder Rosa's wrestling, mm-hmm. I don't know if her wrestling would have gotten to where it is. Now, we also have to give credit also. There's another person who's helped her tremendously with her wrestling, a certain Japanese wrestler who fell off a little bit this year. <laughs> I, I, I think you know who I'm talking about. The former women's champion, the AEW women's champion. Yes. She she worked very close Mm -hmm. with Britt Baker. How many matches did they work before Britt Baker finally actually took the title off of her? So between the two of them. She didn't get any votes. Not her year. Think about it. I mean, she lost the the beginning, but she lost the belt. Yeah. And then we didn't see her for like six months. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think there are some people who just get votes automatically. If you're not following women's wrestling closely, you go, oh, uh, Charlotte Flair, uh, Sasha Banks. Well, I think that's what happens, and I think that's why I get annoyed by that, is that I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, one of them took most of the year off, Yeah, and and the other one is actually having somewhat of a down year, even though she's the champion. She is the champ. Honestly, I would pick. Becky before those two, even though Becky's only been for half the year, but both those are those two. Just because, just because of the back. splash from SummerSlam on, yeah, that she, be- Becky really yeah. is the man, right? The only reason why she's not in my top is because she's only done half the year. So now, yeah. and we'll talk about this when we talk about the top two. But when it comes down to Thunder Rosa and it comes down to Deanna Parazza, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit biased, but I am. Gonna, but this isn't from biasness. I give the edge on this one to Deanna Parazza just because of how much more she had to carry this year right compared to what thunder rosa had to carry this year right no i understand that i mean like i think peraza is super talented running i think rosa is doing so many good stuff like she's oh absolutely and she's just 
you know, she's doing MMA when she the, can. She's trained. She's just such the thing about Thunder Rosa is in both of these girls, actually, their personalities also have started to transcend. I right. think since coming to AEW, Thunder Rosa has done a great job of really not only getting across her personality when it comes to intensity, but even some of her comedic personality. Yeah. Some of the stuff that she does is absolutely, her timing is fantastic. I think I have her slightly ahead on Peraza on the personality department because I think she's a little more range, but Peraza yeah. is her character. Like that's what Oh she's no, Peraza sticks right to what her character is. Yeah. yeah Whereas Thunder Rosa has more of a well-rounded character. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're both close. I could have leaned towards Rosa, but I'm not going to fight you on that because it is close. I do. I understand too. Peraza I mean, it doesn't matter. I think either one of them is going out. They have to. Yeah. <laughs> so. Now, this is where I, I think we're going to probably agree. It's kind of funny because last year, last week, you know, we went with Roman. And I mean, that's because we thought that was the best with Omega. And I feel like this week the fans are probably going to like us again. But maybe they not. might. Yeah, they might. But, they might disagree too. Yeah, because they're both, they're both, these women, both these women are popular. So. Yeah, they are. They're both popular. And I could see yeah. people going either way with them. Yeah. I just have a very strong feeling towards one of them. I don't, and, I don't, and the development yeah. that they've made over the last year. Yeah, I already know what you're going. Right. Well, actually, no, they're both developed very well. They have. Yeah. I just think that one of them hasn't even come close to touching what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And one of them has almost reached that spot of what they're going to be. We'll see. For Bel Air, it's the it factor. That's what oh, she's she got it factor just coming right. out of her pores. Yeah, she's and just athleticism. Her personality, her athleticism. Thank you. Very emotional match, what she did this year with Banks. It was... It's arguing. It's been well, mentioned for some of the matches of the year that I've seen already. I um, think we can both say that both of these women, when actually, it comes to, are incredibly emotional and are very much. And this is something we don't see enough of in wrestling, to be honest with you. People that are so emotionally invested. Britt Baker's a freaking dentist. She doesn't need to do this. Right. She makes right, a right. ton of money being a dentist. She's a doctor, for Christ's sakes. She doesn't have to wrestle. No. And what I. Favor over uh, Britt Baker over Bel Air is I just feel on the mic. Britt Baker is on another level. And I think Britt Baker is on another level compared to like a lot of guys. Yeah, I think she's the best interview in women's wrestling right now. Yeah. I mean, you want to argue maybe next to Becky. Yeah. Becky. Yeah. 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 Becky is so good at playing heel or face. I I, I give Becky such because people, Becky's like Daniel Bryan. People want to cheer for her, and she makes them hate her. Yeah. <laughs> That's not easy. Uh, I'm trying to see. Yeah, so that Baker-Rosa match was this year, too, that street fight yeah. match. So oh, absolutely. Another match of the year. That's candidate. another match of the year, Ken. Women have had match of the year. So it's really like they're they're both excellent. You talk about passion, though. I mean, you've got the athleticism, also a great wrestling family now with Bel Air and her husband, mm-hmm. and then you have another great pairing with oh. Britt Baker and Adam Cole. But Britt Baker, at the end of the day, like I said before, she's a dentist. The moment she broke her nose, the moment she lost a tooth, the moment she broke her wrist, all of those injuries could have taken someone who's a doctor and they could have just went, I don't need to do this. I'm freaking rich. Right. (laughs) No. But she does it. It's beyond that. Yeah. And I think this this is going to show we're not really biased when we do try to make honest picks here. No, we love both these girls. Yeah. And. Last year, like last week, you know, it's the whole package with Roman. That's why we went there. It, it, the it, it comes down to what I was saying before. I feel like Britt Baker is at that pinnacle and really has reached being that pillar in AEW. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think we haven't even seen the tip of what Bel Air can do. Right. Over the next two to three years with Bel Air, especially this year coming up, stuff like that, we are going to see things from her, especially if she develops her character. Right. That are absolutely incredible. I would rather see her go back towards the heel side. I don't like babyface yeah. Bel Air. With her athleticism and with how superior she is in that ring, she needs to be a heel. She needs to do what Roman's doing and just tell him, hey, I'm number one. Screw off and do her thing. Mm. Yeah, it would be interesting because she does have a presence about her and she is physically more dominant. I I know the little girls want to cheer her. I know they hear that and they're hearing the merch sales like they did with Cena from that end. And I I get it. But if for a character standpoint, for and I'm not talking about money making, just from straight character, when she was a heel, when she had those tendencies in NXT, I thought her character was much stronger. 
I agree. I agree. I'm going to go Bella. I think we're going to go Baker, though. Baker. Baker. Yeah, we are. We're going Britt Baker. Yeah. And it's something that we agree on. And we hate it when we agree. Trust me on uh, that. We've, been, we've definitely <laughs> been agreeing with these awards lately. But so one other thing I want to tackle this week. This is a couple of days after AEW Dynamite from Atlanta. Yeah. And we're going to be taping matches of the year right after this. So we won't have any other things. So I just wanted to kind of cover something in this episode. Absolutely. And I, what I really want to get your opinion on is what did you think about Cody Rhodes, Andrade, in particular, the flaming table spot, but not even a flaming table spot, not wearing shirts. I know he had some stuff on his back that everybody says now was kind of the event of flames, but he still caught a fire a bit. But fuck all that for a minute. I have a, a backwards superplex off the top rope that they rushed. And I'm thinking, like, that table's kind of close, too. The uh, table was close on purpose so that Cody took the bump of it oh, and so that Andrade would go over the table. Yeah. Cody Rhodes is an EVP. Yeah. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> does, once again, we talked about Britt Baker and how being a doctor, she doesn't have to do this. Yeah. Cody Rhodes does not have to do this. No. He doesn't have to continue trying to be a fa- face. He doesn't have to continue to beat the crap out of his body. He literally does not have to do any of this. When we saw him... At the NEW signing, this man could barely walk. He's injured, and he still came out to talk and, you know. If you don't have respect, and I know a lot of people don't like Cody Rhodes for whatever reason, but if you don't have respect for the guts and what this guy brings to wrestling and his love of wrestling, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, he's, I mean, the last time he was in Atlanta, he dove off the cage on Wardlow. I think he broke his foot in the process, still stayed and cut a promo for everybody. He had parts of his body still catching fire where his wife and his opponent are trying to pat him as he's pinning him to actually take, get the fire off him. And Andrade, I think, caught some of the fire too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's insane. None of this has to be done. No, no. Yeah, I don't get the Cody hate as much. I know we're, that's something else we agree on, but people definitely don't. Now, there's some booking stuff where I'm like, oh, okay, that might have been the best. But overall, this guy's passion just shows through to me. MJ, oh, good. No, I just wanted to say also, bump of the year, Iron Anderson versus the Rams. <laughs> I felt, I was scared. Oh, I was terrified too. It's a guy with a permanent back and in, back in neck injury. Yeah, uh, I saw him go down, and I was like, oh, crap. I knew something was wrong when I see the guy with Andrade helping him up, right. try, going to his aid. When you, see, when you see somebody break character to try to help the disabled guy, <laughs> that's not a good sign. I like the post-wrestling. <laughs> I was listening to their podcast. They talked about when they saw this guy coming out without a shirt on. They're like, who's this muscle guy? They're like, oh, it's the interpreter. Oh, he's, <laughs> oh, he's actually jacked. Yeah, I know. Some of their fans wrote in, too. They like, shout out to the Scott Putsky Award for <laughs> the interpreter. <laughs> yeah, they, they do a pretty good job of hiding that most of the time. Yeah, they treat him like a little bitch and draw his yeah. pushing him around and stuff like that. And it comes yeah. out like, oh, this guy's bigger <laughs> than everybody. Let's put a shirt back on him. Like, <laughs> Now you know why they put him in a suit. But but you, what, but what was the other thing you were saying? You were oh, saying something. MJF and Punk another week. Not quite as good as last week, but that was hard to do. But I thought it's still again, hard hitting. Very good. They're, they're you know their their jabs on the mic. I did uh, MJF with the line about you're just trying to get into Britt Baker's pants. And yeah, then, because he said right. he was. A, yeah, because he said that Britt was a pillar over him last week. Right, and what a heel! The guy basically threatened to kill his dog. I mean, yeah. this guy. And then CM Punk responded with, uh, "Had the whole place chanting needle dick." Yeah, again. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not a that's not a chant you see in a wrestling arena very yeah, often. No, no, no. But that I think that's gonna definitely happen. So we'll know next week if we're right or not. I guess. Do you think MJF wins the battle royal for a third time? Oh Christ! I actually don't. Okay. I think I think CM Punk's going to cost him. Okay, I wondered that because I'm thinking like you can go that way, or if he plus win. plus Taz's team has 125 percent oh, chance of winning. Shit, I think 125 percent chance going to be with Leo Rush now after the way that whole thing came out. I don't know. Well, he still hasn't actually put his hands on him. That's what I'm saying. That's I don't trust I'm anything saying. in wrestling until I see somebody actually put their hands on someone. Yeah, I think yeah, I I could see MJF winning though because I do think he is going to go for the title after all this done too. So yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. But it'll be in Long Island too. But yeah, AEW Dynamite continues. Like okay. I just so so does MJF get more cheers than CM Punk in Long Island? I'm wondering. I don't know what kind of response he's going to get because it is his own he, town. 
He spent this whole time talking, saying, we're going to see the smart fans, the real wrestling fans of Long Island. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens here. Yeah, me too, because he's such a good heel. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I like bigger than Piper in Portland, Brett in Canada, and Punk in Chicago. I like this guy. Something else. Dude, I love MJF. He's fantastic. And he can work his ass off in the ring. Yeah, we might have to. I mean, I know we're already booked for December, but, man, I kind of want to do uh, – Promos of the year at some point now. Maybe just right now. What do we do right now? Real quick. Well, who's the promo of the year for you? Top five or just promo of the year? Let's just say, come on. I'm thinking off the top of my head. I'll go first. I'll throw some people. MJF. Um, Daniel Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I have no problem with that. MJF, CM Punk, Bryan Danielson. Um, Oh, sorry, Bryan Danielson. I'll throw Roman in there. Maybe Damon too. But I, I put them in as a package. Yeah, that's the only WWE side I would actually give. Right now, really, you don't uh, think Bobby Lashley's killing it? Yeah, no, <laughs> Becky, you could argue Becky, you she, could argue Becky, yeah, Brett Baker, like we just talked about, she absolutely, to, yeah, so she's great on the mic, yeah, Britt Baker kills it every time. I'm interested to see what's going on between her and Jamie Hayter, the, yeah. that, that seems to be going down a rabbit hole, also, so that could be interesting, yeah, yeah, I don't know. For me, after that segment with MJF and Punk, I just I kind of got him on another level, and even though like you could argue who got the better of it, I just think in terms of consistency, MJF has just been that. Adam pro- Cole's actually really good on the mic, also. Yeah, MJF would be my heel of the year. Yeah, oh, He'll absolutely. Harder. Oh, I don't think any other heel is coming anywhere near him. Yeah, because Cole, even though I love him and I, I think he's got so much potential still, and he's so great, like he just gets such a great babyface response still too. I mean, if I have to, if I have to pick one from each company for NXT, I would probably go Champa. Yeah, I, I think Champa just cuts a good intense promo. Nobody else now that they've switched over even right. cuts a good promo down there. Maybe Gargano, yeah. but other other than that, there's really nothing to. Uh, each week I tune in and I'm like, oh my god, somebody hit the mute button. Malcolm uh, if they gave him a little more mic time, like you see shades of it. When he's I like Bevan. I like. Yeah. I like him. I just, he needs to be focused and he just needs to be clear cut on what they're going towards. And they don't have that in NXT That's right now. Working, I think though. Yeah. yeah. So That's what I'm saying. They don't have that in NXT right now from week to week. We don't know. Exa- Hell, who's the heel? Him or Gacy? I have no idea. Yeah. Who is Diamond Mine now the good guys? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. When I thought the same thing when I saw that. But yeah, actually, you know what's funny? I would have to say too, like, Another great promo of the year in terms of that company is like Britt Baker. Britt Baker and MJF yeah. are the top two. Yeah, and they're both heels. Yeah. I was saying, actually, I, I, all yeah. three of the actually, other than Punk, everyone that you think of that's a really good promo in there is probably a heel. Yeah. Brian Danielson. Omega was a great Omega. Heel. Yeah. There, I mean, I love Adam, Adam, uh, Cowboy Adam Page, but he's not a freaking great. He's not great on the mic. He's no, good. He's, He's made his best promos I've seen in a while. I thought they were decent, but he's not like, yeah, the guys we're talking about. I, I would say, for me, the best promos this year were definitely MJF and Punk, Rip Baker. The best heels of the year, again, I'm going to go MJF. And if I had to look for, like, top baby face of the year, that could be Hangman Page just because of the so, storyline. So this might surprise you also, but I like Black on the mic also. Yeah, he's good. No, uh, it's a di- it's a totally different kind of feeling on the mic, but but he's really good at what he's doing to the point where fans want to cheer for him. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, he's really good. And the thing about us improv and this, like we could be missing somebody, but I think we got a lot of top people. All right, fans, I think that's going to do it for this week. You got your top five women of the year down to three and down to one. Britt Baker uh, is the champ. And that's it for the Working Fans Podcast, where uh, we do the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, like, 
survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the man they call Dave from the Working Fans Podcast. And today, we have a wrestler who's been doing this for about 17 years. Might have recently seen him on AEW Dark. He is the owner-operator of Magnum Wrestling. And he's here to tell us today about his story, Jason Strife. Jason. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nah, no problem, man. So 17 years. So what was, okay, you've been doing it for a while. You're a fan, obviously, I imagine, when you were growing up. Like, who were yeah. you, you know, who were you into at that time? Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels. Oh, man. <laughs> That's great. For me personally, like, I was like, I grew up, like, I'm on a Hogan, like, warrior. But when yeah. I got away from, like, I, I always tell people, like, I started to get bored. And I started, like, I still wanted to watch wrestling. It was like Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. I started like gravitating to those guys. Yep. Yeah. When it, it always seems like when you're younger, it's the colorful people, Hogan, Warrior, Bushwhackers, mm-hmm. things like that. I, I mean, even before, even before it was really, you know, Perfect and Michaels, I was a Jake the Snake fan. Mm. So it's just those weird things. But as obviously as you get older, and especially like when you start understanding wrestling, you understand that. You know, perfect and Michaels and, and and Roberts and guys like that is is really where it's at. So I will die on the hill of Michaels being better than Brett. <laughs> That's all right, man. That's a debate like amongst this podcast. Yeah. Like, they're always the top two. Like, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I know what you mean too. Like when you get older and you get deeper into this and love this. Like for me, as I got older and deeper into it, personally as a fan, Terry Funk became like one of my guys. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, the interviews, the stuff you did. I was like, wow, this guy's. Yeah unbelievable but didn't appreciate that as like a child no oh god oh no not at all oh like i love the freebirds now right right right, right. that was fantastic so i love watching michael hayes Mm. cracks me up so okay so now okay so that's your background you're a big fan and now so when do you decide in your life you're gonna break into this and how does that come about it actually was a fluke i had no interest in being a wrestler i was gonna be a stuntman okay i mean when it comes to like role models or anything else like jackie chan's my guy that's, oh, that's what i wanted to do yeah it's, i've got them all over the place like my living room's covered in jackie chan posters and that that's what i wanted to do and the school that i picked out to go to out in seattle you had to be 20 to get into and so i mean i i had we had a local wrestling place and I didn't really go to shows or anything like that, but I knew there was a school there. When I was 16, I tried to get my parents to let me sign up for it and they wouldn't do it. I look back and imagine how different my life and wrestling career would be if they would have let me get in when I was 16. Probably would have been way better, but I came in at a really weird time. So I was like, okay, well, I, I, had, <laughs> I had actually gone to a show for a, it was a memorial show for a local guy that had went down to Harley races to train and died unexpectedly of a brain aneurysm. He was like 18, 19 years old. And I was like, I was like an assistant manager at a Foot Locker or something at the time. And so we went to, we went to that show that Saturday night. And then I found out there was one the next day in like this little piddly town for like a, like a fair or something. And I was like, well, I got to work, but I hate my job. So I went into my job and was like, oh, I'm sick. I'm going home. And so we left, went to the show, helped him set up. And then you know, like the guy from Omaha, Hype Gotti, was like, I've seen you at the school a couple times. I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to train my parents. Well, let me, he's like, I just turned 18. Like, you know, maybe now I've got some time to kill. And so he was like, come down to the school on Tuesdays. I can train you myself. All right. I'm not going to say no to that. Locally, he had a name behind him. And so like, I learned all my in-ring stuff from him. Well, not all of it. I learned, I got my start with my in-ring stuff from him. And then another guy in town who had a falling out with that company, I actually ended up working at his dad's t-shirt shop. And there he trained me on all my psychology stuff. So we would just talk wrestling psychology for like eight hours a day, you know, four or five days a week. I never implemented it until like later on in my career, but it definitely had a huge, a huge influence on like how I work now. So, and it was kind of like the rest is history. Age 20 rolled around and I was going to go to stunt school and I had basically just kind of like put so much into wrestling and had bills I needed to pay. I was like, well, I can't afford this. So I'm doing good here. I'll just keep doing it. And that was it. Wow. Interesting. So one of my other questions was going to be, I'll ask it now though, because you kind of answered it. What are some of your other interests? And so obviously being a stuntman was an interest. Martial arts too then? I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. 
Okay. I'm actually undefeated in amateur mixed martial arts, but I've only fought once. <laughs> okay. okay. Just going out on top. Hey, Edgar could say it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have I don't really have much of a choice. Like medically, I'll probably never be able to do MMA again. So, which which is obviously weird now because I wrestle. My doctors are baffled by it. But so yeah, you know, in MMA, I trained a little bit in like jujitsu. I'm actually really big into like tumbling and gymnastics. I don't wrestle like that because. I'm old now and I hurt. So, but I'm actually about to start that back up again. So who knows? That might change. But I've put on like, I've put on like 38 pounds. So my body's a little unhappy with me right now. So trying to move that around, that'll be something new. But I always, I always joke around with my tumbling instructor because I always, I always just show him Davy Richards. Davy mm. Richards could do shooting star. So I was like, all right, if Davy can do it, I can do it. So, but yeah, I, I, I'm a big movie guy. I play a lot of video games. Yeah. So like wrestling's my job. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's all I do. Right. Um, so I have a lot of downtime. <laughs> yeah. You ended. So how did you end up on AEW Dark? Was that just it looks local or? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Actually, Minneapolis is really is like six hours for me. Okay. But I kind of just called in some favors. I, I called in those favors to get on, basically get on the radar, so mm-hmm. that you know when they come back in our area. So crossing my fingers, I've got some. I've got a WWE deal lined up when they come around here too. So hopefully, I got an in there too. Thankfully. So yeah. Perks of being around for this long, I guess. All right. Yeah, I saw one of the things I noticed in looking up some of your info that you were an IWA Mid-South Light Heavyweight Champ. Yeah. Your promotion was like, people don't know, listen, like if you've seen those old tapes of like Eddie Guerrero when he was on his hiatus yeah. from WWE with Rey Mysterio and CM mm-hmm. Punk, it's like IWA Mid-South. Did you realize how big that promotion was back in the day? Or Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. IWA was a huge goal for me when I was younger. Yeah, it was a huge goal for me when I was younger. Took me a couple years to get into it. I kind of weaseled my way in when they were running shows in conjunction with NWA No Limits in Muscatine, Iowa. And then from there, I just kind of started showing up and Ian started putting me on and started getting over and, you know, it just kind of worked from there. I had a bit of hell of a few dingo out there. Probably some of my favorite matches I've ever had. We ended up, I've always wanted to be in the TBI. Like it was like a, that was like a big thing for me. And so when it rolled around like 2008 and I was like, man, oh, I'm going to get it. Like I've been here forever. I'm going to get in TBI. And then I found out I'm not in TBI, but then, but then I find out our angle is main eventing night one of TBI. I was like, okay, I'll take that for now. So, but yeah, from the sounds of it, I don't think he's doing TPI anymore. So I think that's out the window for crossing that off my wrestling bucket list. So I but, saw too, you had wrestled in a name. I don't know if this, like, I always think of Brian Pillman, but I saw, I don't know if this is the name, the Yellow Dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ian, Ian, I don't want to say saddled me with that because it was still part of the angle we were doing, but I've just kind of run with it since then. I think I started doing that like it was either late 2008 or early 2009. So now I go, now when I do it, I'm the charismatic canine yellow dog, you know, and I, I do that. I do that kind of all over the place. Pretty notably, uh, it's first wrestling for Eric Cannon in Minneapolis. I do it up there. I do it pretty frequently for Sammy Callahan's wrestling revolver in Des Moines. So I'm kind of like a jack of all trades. Yes. You know, like I can do it all. So. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's it's definitely easier on my body. I actually wrestled for Impact out in Vegas doing that. I just had a shit of a tryout match. Oh, can I swear? My bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I had a just a steaming pile of shit of a tryout match out there, and I was so pissed off. Like I even during the actual tryout, like I stood out. Like I was the guy that they were. Oh yeah, that guy. That guy. You know, I was the only one that showed up looking like something different. So. Right. Then we go to the tapings the next day and have the tryout deal. And I'm like, you just blew it. <laughs> I will say it's no fault of my own. I'll still stand by that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to just talk to you. Like some of your uh, connections, I feel like you must be a good salesman though. Because like you said, like, I got a friend here and you're able to kind of, right? I've been, I mean, I've been in sales all my life. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were a footlocker for a while too. Even that is probably a sales position. So yeah, yeah. I've done, I mean, I've done everything from, I was a headhunter for a staffing company. I sold cell phones. If, I, if you if you can sell it, I've sold it. Except for cars, I hate the, I hated the schedule, so I never sold cars. I'm a big car guy too, which just seemed fitting, but I never did it. So yeah, so a lot of hobbies too. So definitely, <laughs> I've got my so many irons in the fire, I can't stay focused. <laughs> That's supposed to be good though. Like creative people, I think are supposed to have a lot of that. You know, I just, I just blame it on ADHD. Yeah, same. <laughs> I was undiagnosed, but I'm I can tell. 
<laughs> now, what made uh, probably the ADD? But like, what made you want to be a promoter? <laughs> like, what got you to that? Oh man, that's uh, that's a story in and of itself. I just thought local wrestling in our area was absolute fucking garbage. I, I was very frustrated with the one or two local companies that were running here. I had a, I had a falling out with the guys that I was working for, and because they just they just wouldn't do better. Like, I'm a big proponent, a big believer of leaving wrestling better than how you found it and so like you know they just they were so set in their ways and stubborn they wouldn't do anything new and different so i was like all right well i just finished college with my business degree i was i'll give it a run and so you know my big thing was the, the number one thing it was like i just kind of find if any that'll serve booze mm. i didn't want to i didn't want to run a show for wrestling fans i just wanted people to show up get drunk and have a good time right so I found a venue. I had my ring custom built for that venue because the ceiling was only nine feet tall. So we had a ring floor that was like 10 inches off the ground. It was one of the stiffest rings to bump in ever. But we did it. We made it work. And we built up out of there. And, and now we're, you know, I'm not tooting my own horn when I say this, but now we're the best wrestling company running in the Omaha metro area. We draw the biggest crowds. We've got the best production. I mean, guys that'll work both companies when you come see them at my show it's like you're watching a completely different person there's just there's just a level of being like i have to be better here hmm. and i just i don't like people skating by that's not how i operate so and plus since i've been around long enough and you know i've got a bit more respect behind me when guys come to me and they understand that so it works out well it's usually how most companies get started somebody gets pissed off at somebody else and they, they do it themselves but that's how most fail because most people don't plan accordingly so right that's interesting yeah yeah i, I what you were saying too about doing better i actually just saw something today i think it was like the rock on instagram it wasn't it no it was chris van fleet that guy he does he put this clip but it's basically the rock was saying like why did you get into that's why did you get into movies and he's like well i was lucky enough to have early success in wrestling and people in wrestling are telling me you know you probably won't succeed at this this never works and he said, you have to kind of block that out and just know you want to do better and keep working hard. And that seems to be a trend with all successful people, right? You're not settling for, you know, that mediocrity. Or, nope. you know, yeah. Yeah. It's I, everybody. I always get people that are like my, my guys on my roster get mad at me because they're like, Oh, we had a great show. Blah, 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 blah. Fans loved it. Fans are commenting. Yeah, we love it. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. And here I am in our private page. And I'm like, yeah, guys, I didn't like it. You know, like they get mad at me. Like, oh, I can't you just be satisfied. Because I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied till every show is sold out hmm. in just pre-sales. Like, and then the show has to deliver. You know, we have all of our stuff on IWTV. So like I tell people, it's like, you're going to get seen. You know, if you compare our level of production and what we put into our shows to a lot of stuff on IWTV, like, I don't want to bash anybody, but like, right. she just looks lazy. That doesn't fly with me. So now it's, I'm sure it's, I asked this once in a while, because you've been around for 17 years. Have you ever, you don't have to name names, but have you ever had someone try to take advantage of you in the ring? I mean, obviously you have martial arts training stuff too, so I imagine... You can handle it yourself. When I was younger, there was an incident, probably semi-deserved. But outside of that, no, not really. I mean, I've had a couple times where I've had to fire back on some people, but I've never had. I've personally never had issues. We're actually, <laughs> do you remember like the old, I don't even know if it's still around, that YouTube guys like the world famous flea market or whatever, where they would watch stuff and review it and then do their own commentary over it? Okay, yeah. So we had Tony Cozina up and he got butthurt about the promo that the, the kid he was wrestling cut. Like, he got mad because, like, the kid called him old. Fuck, dude. Like, you are old. You were, like, 40-something when I had you here. Like, when it comes to wrestling, you're old, you know? He got mad about it and started shooting on him in the ring. was, like, legit. Like, trying would like, put him in a chokehold and try to get him almost unconscious. And then, went, like, he, did, he was fucking with him. I, I was pretty pissed about it. And that's sad because I had a ton of respect for Kozina because I... I was about six months in, I got to wrestle Cozina, and he taught me so much. So I was like, so happy to have him around. And then it was just, it was terrible. I've never been so kind of, I'm still pretty bitter about that whole thing, but uh, whatever. I mean, he's not around anymore. So it is interesting the dynamic of certain people with other people sometimes. How certain, mm -hmm. right? You can have a good, like Tony Schiavone always talks about how he really liked Ole Anderson and was good friends with Ole Anderson. But then you hear most people are like, oh, I fucking hated Oli Anderson or whatever. So oh, that's me. a good thing with this guy. But yeah, a lot of people. Oh, you have that? But yeah, people don't people don't like me because I'm honest. Like I'm brutally honest. I'll tell you how it is. Like, you know, I got I've got young guys that are like, Oh, can I get advice on my match? And they're like, I don't sugarcoat it. I'll tell you what you did good, but I will very much tell you what you did bad. And that's that's why my students are at the level that they're at so early on, because I don't sugarcoat it. You know, it's 
I, I will lay into them about what they need to fix. And yeah, I get the bad rap. Oh, he's just an asshole, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe <laughs> you should not settle for mediocrity and quit pumping your boys up when they suck because you don't want to hurt their feelings. It blows my mind. That that there's there's a there's a central area in Iowa where that is happening way too much. And yeah, I'm like the devil when I'm around any of those people. <laughs> oh my goodness. They, they don't even want to say hi to me. I'm like not an asshole until you make me be an asshole. Like, figure it out. Yeah. Oh, well, it's wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And it's just, I, I, I can connect with it because I'm a very easygoing guy. But the people I like in general, too, I've always been very blunt with. And I always tell people, well, if I like you, I'm going to be very honest with you. And shit. Yeah. I don't know if it's an ADD thing, too, maybe. But it's like, you know, like, yes, you know. But, yeah, it's interesting. So... How many, uh, this is the one other thing I want to ask you too, like injuries. How many injuries have you had now? In this? Oh, dude, I can't even keep track. I have a pretty consistent misaligned pelvis mm-hmm. from my time at IWA where Ian's grand idea was, hey, maybe you should miss your dives every match. And it all stemmed from the ladder match at the 500 show where I literally did a dive and there were six people on the outside. And as I dove, it was... And I just just hit the ground. Like, it was bad enough that the people that rode with me, like my friends that were in the crowd, after like three minutes, got up and came over and checked on me because I was still laying on the ground. It's it's on Botchamania. Like, you can see it. Eddie Kingston's on commentary. He just loses his shit. I mean, it's funny. I watch it now. I think it's hilarious. But the fact that I actually, like, agreed to go along with that was just showing how dumb I was, you know. 13 14 years ago so like my pelvis is pretty messed up which causes pain in my lower back and then i've got a muscle like if i if i bump wrong i've got a muscle on my right side that will like it'll spasm sometimes i'll just walk and my my right leg will just stop working Mm. it only happens after i wrestle typically i've cracked ribs i've broken toes i've been lucky i've had like anything really serious back in 2011 i was supposed to have both of my knees and both of my shoulders repaired surgically but i rehabbed them on my own and thank god i figured that out on my own because nobody wants to deal with $60,000 in surgical bills and rehab time. So yeah, like outside of that, it's been, I've gotten pretty lucky. So hmm. well, minus injuries, what would you say for you personally was some of the more difficult aspects of pro wrestling, promo, in-ring, character? I'm just curious what was, you say was big, your biggest challenge. I don't like politicking. Oh, okay. I've like, I've just now kind of gotten into it. Mm-hmm. Because I've been protecting my all my students. And then at the same time, you know, me wrestling as long as I have, there's just things where I'm like, eh, I'm not going to do that. But I didn't politic when I was younger. So, like, I, and I didn't kiss ass, which a lot of people tell me is probably why, like, I've kind of just stayed in this black hole of the Midwest that I'm in right here. Because, like, we're in a really weird spot. Like, doing anything of, of value is hours away from us and... You know, people like really forget, even though Kansas City used to have such a rich history with wrestling, same thing with Omaha. Like it's not on any, you look at like any of like the super indies or like anywhere that's spotlighted and like, we're just never mentioned. It is crazy because we have so many really good guys in Omaha and in the Kansas City area. So it's frustrating. But outside of that, all the other aspects of wrestling, physically performing promos, I'm, you know, I don't want to say I'm great at it, but like. I've never had a problem with any of it. You know, I've I've done acting stuff and things like that. And talking is just natural to me. You know, they always talk about turning your wrestling character or being your wrestling characters yourself turned up to 11. I mean, you get me in the right, you get me in the right mood and I'll cut promos on a three hour car ride the whole way there. And just, you just got to keep me in the right mindset. But I'm curious now when you said Midwest and that is interesting because you do tend to think like, you know, bigger shows, bigger areas, Northeast. Mm -hmm. So like in your opinion, is that just a, like a natural kind of thing, like maybe not even just a pro wrestling, but we'll say we'll use pro wrestling. Like if you find two people, let's just say equal talent, charisma and all that. Mm-hmm. If you're in New York or Philly or you got a better chance of probably being discovered. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be like who you're working for. You know, I, I kind of have an idea of like the places that people watch and because I know people, I know what they're telling me that they're looking at. But I also know at the same time, like a lot of the people that are making the decisions are so far behind the times, like it's ridiculous. And so, I mean, wrestling is always, it's always been who you know, and very much right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah, hard work and talent will stand out, but you just, it's got to be in the right place. Yeah. And like, I'm not, I'm not a guy that at my level and time that I've been in, like, I'm not going to drive 20 hours across the country for 50 bucks. Like 
I've got a life. I own a house. I have a dog. Like, I gotta, I'm not gonna be like, oh, hey, mom and dad, take my dog. I'm going to be gone for four days because I'm going to spend 20 hours fucking driving across the country. Like, I've had some people be like, well, you're just not passionate about it. Like, no, like, I'm not a fucking idiot. So I'm not saying the guys that do that are idiots. It's just for me, that's a stupid move. And timing, too. Yeah. Like at this point in your life, it's really not probably worth it to do it's that. Yeah. Like I'm I'm at a I'm in an area right now where like my window for having like my window for having a performance contract is very small. I could probably get away with three, four, maybe five years of still performing at the level I'm at. I would rather be like a producer or an agent. Like mm. If there's one thing that I'll toot my own horn about, I'm really good at putting things together, making things make sense. Like I'm a big why guy. So like when people come to me and they're like, well, we're going to do this. And I'm like, well, why? Well, what do you mean? Why? Well, why? It doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense. And so I always tell people, if you have a really stupid idea, if you can make me believe and make it make sense, then I'll say, okay, do it. But like, I still am under the idea and the assumption that what we're doing out there should make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah, we all know wrestling is wrestling. But that doesn't mean we have to just completely fucking bury the whole thing. Like, we should be able to, like, people in the crowd should be able to be like, oh, okay, well, that guy couldn't do that because this happened earlier and things like that. So I'm a pretty, I'm a big stickler about that. Maybe I'm too set in my ways, but. I get it. I mean, I'm product of, uh, I was born in 76, but product of the 80s and stuff like that. And yeah. I've wrestling. Like, I really enjoy guys like Ryan Danielson right now or Kingston yeah. guys that kind of lay it in. Yeah shit that you know honey like especially when you start I, in the last 10 11 years i've really gotten into mma too so when you start watching mma it kind of makes it a little different for you right so now you want to definitely see things to me yeah yep. like i hate like I, my guys always tell me like oh yeah we're gonna do this that and the other and well yeah we're gonna do this hockey fight <laughs> are you actually gonna are you actually gonna punch that motherfucker in the face because if you're not doing it like takayama and fry from pride then you should just not be doing it oh well, well Sami Zayn and kevin owens do it i Still don't think it looks good. Like, I don't, I don't care if they're doing it on TV. I think it looks fucking terrible. So it's just, man, it just, just drives me nuts. Yeah, and there's something. Actually, a friend of mine, Scott, huge wrestling fan, goes to a lot of indie shows a lot too. He hates that spot. He always talks about it. Yeah. My big, in the corner. My big pet peeve for me personally, like now at this age, there are going to be a lot of great matches. And I don't care. Like, it to be AEW, NXT, Independence too. I would see it more on that. And I love a lot of that stuff. But sometimes, it depends on the match, not every match, but it's reliant on over false finishes. Like it's a false finish. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I'm like, now I feel tired at some point. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you put me, you put me out there with a guy like, like we got a guy out in KC area called is Niles Plunk Plunkay. That's that's like his shtick. He's like the wine connoisseur, and him and I did a festival show for Steel Domain Wrestling in Minneapolis in August. Uh, was it? Oh, it was August of this year, and we did. We literally went eight minutes. But a comeback to a finish. And there was 1,200 people that just exploded. Like, why do you want to do 12 false finishes to pop 35 people in the crowd or run the risk of them just being like, uh, when you can get your baby face over and he does a high cross body off the top rope and pins the guy after the comeback and everybody explodes. Just handing me beers as I'm leaving. I'm just like, this is perfect. Thank you so much. I'm, Yes. Is that, you know what I mean? Like, I want to get a guy, because guys think that like, I, they have that mentality of, oh, A, we have to always steal the show. No. You need to work your place on the card. And B, oh, you never know who could be watching. Look, I can promise you that Joe Schmo from Big TV Company is not going to be watching Piddly Podunk show here. Like, and I can tell you right now, those people in those companies aren't going to be like, oh, well, that guy just did eight false finishes. And then they finish with a roll up. We got to fucking hire him. That shit isn't happening. People always are like, well, you know, what should I do? What should I work on? I'm like, basics will get you hired. Mm. Basics will keep you safe. Basics will let you have good matches. And basics will get you hired. Yeah. People don't believe me, but whatever. That's interesting. You said Steel Domain. Who runs that promotion? I believe there's a, a there's a group of guys up there that have a hand in it. But my, my guy up there that I talk is Ed Hellier. Okay. You, I, from what I understand, it's the old promotion that Ace Steel started years ago. That's what I was wondering. We had him on the yeah. show before, and I was wondering if... Oh, like, I love Ace. He's great. Yeah. Oh, he's my favorite. I finally got to wrestle him, like, 2018? Mm -hmm. 2019? It was right there. It was 2019. I finally got to wrestle him, and... I was like, that was a bucket list match for me. That was, mm -hmm. she's so good, man. Like I still, uh, 
I'll have matches and I'll send them to him and just be like, yo, when you get a minute and you watch that. So I get a lot of, I get a lot of feedback from him sure. when I can. And it's, it's so appreciated. Yeah, I mean, you got a guy that's, uh, is he training down in NXT right now? Yeah. Yeah. He's a coach. Yeah. We got him like in between and then he ended up being back. Yeah. Oh, when he, when he let, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So. We were, uh, I was working on getting him up here to come up and wrestle and do a seminar and everything. And it never panned out. So I was really disappointed, but you never know him and I have kind of chatted about some things. So. He's a good straight up dude. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. No bullshit. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. I liked him a lot. And he got Harley Race stories too, so it's always. Oh cool. god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so I'll tell you what, Kip John, for about a half hour. What would be some stuff? Well, actually, before I ask you about your goals, before I ask promotion, what are some of your goals? What do you, I mean? What do you got? What do you want to do in the next year or two? Uh, I mean, honestly, I kind of started putting my my winding down bucket list together, which if, you know, there's, if I, if, if there's not like a, a national contract on the table, you know, at some point within the next year or two, then, you know, I get this bucket list checked off and I could probably just walk away and be okay. But I've, I've had, I've had trips set up to Japan for like, like two or three different times now and they've fallen through. So uh, getting to Japan is like extremely high on my list. I wrestled in Europe back in 2011. I'd really like to go back there because I loved it over there. Mexico and Canada. Seeing as I live like 10 hours from Canada, I, I've just never pursued wrestling up there. But I've made some contacts up there and some guys are like, oh, we want to bring you and a group of your guys in. So I was like, okay, well, let's get let's get it figured out. I've got some pretty like, you know, everybody makes like their list of my li list of matches. My list is, is pretty narrow. Like off the top of my head, I would love to wrestle Tyson Dukes. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's the Canadian me and I love it. <laughs> I'm probably, I'm the American him, maybe because he's older than me. So, I mean, like off the top of my head, if somebody was like, well, who do you want to wrestle? Like, that'd be him. I'd really like to wrestle Davey Richards again. I'm working on a few other ones. Alex Shelley. I've never wrestled Alex Shelley. So I, we're working on those. I'm actually working on a lot of those for Magnum. So I was like, you know, what's the easiest way to cross stuff like that off my bucket list? Then look at myself. So is there um, any, besides like obviously AEW and WWE, is there any companies out there that you look at and go, oh, whatever, you know, at this point? No. No. Okay. I mean, honestly, whoever. I, yeah. My focus is my focus is getting paid so sure. I can pay my bills. And you know, the exposure part's good. So I look at a few places like that right. when it comes to like taking bookings. So but you know, it would be cool to knock off some of those bigger ones off my list. I'd really like to work I actually I'd really like to work for MLW. Yeah. I, I really like the product MLW is putting out there right now. I thought that I wonder if you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, I actually I, and I'm an MLW guy, that's why I was curious. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I never used to be until relatively recently when I really started watching what they were doing. But I, I've, I've always been I've always been a fan of guys like TJ Perkins. Yeah, you know, and and Davey, and there's some people that'll laugh when I say this, but like I was a huge Teddy Hart guy. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, I like, get it. I, that dude's that dude's a wild one. But I tell you what, like okay, when it comes to like getting people to talk about wrestling, mm -hmm. Teddy Hart did a good job of it. Yeah. So yeah, I you know I've, I've like I've gone back and I've watched their stuff. There's a lot of really cool stuff. So yeah, I would love to, I would love to get out there and 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 do something with them, even if it's even if it's a one off. I see they're kind of putting out their free agent talent thing that they're going to start bringing people in and stuff. So who knows? I don't really know if I know anybody out there and see if I can call in any favors. But I definitely I definitely would be a fit there. I mean, MLW is hands down like my preferred style. But you know, get new get new cool stuff. AEW would be great, but. Sure. Once everything's all said and done, like I said I, I wouldn't mind just being a producer or an agent somewhere. Uh, I like training guys too. Yeah, I got that. I was gonna say you seem like you almost prefer training at this point. <laughs> Maybe. <But> like, <laughs> this is gonna sound really bad, but I'm like one of those people that I don't think everybody belongs in wrestling. Oh sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I ran a school for a year and a half, and in that year and a half, like I got three quality guys out of it. And they were all former athletes. Yeah. All of my other standout trainees, even from before then, all of them but one have been like athletes. All of them but two. All of them but two have been athletes. Mm -hmm. So if I'm given the opportunity to train people that are serious, the diet, that'll work out, that'll put the time in, that don't mind getting yelled at. Because, like, I train like a football coach. Like, I will make you fucking grind it until you get it. And, you know... Give me the opportunity to train some like quality people, and I have a feeling I could very much produce some good talent for, especially for TV, because that's been my mindset for the last few years is working and training for TV, because that's you know, TV and streaming is where everything's at now. 
So working cameras, doing things properly, things like that. So it'd be cool. It'd be fun. And that should be your end game, I would imagine, if you're getting into business at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at this, if you're getting, I'm not a, I'm not a, I just want to be a weekend warrior guy. I don't, I don't want to invest my time there. Like you take it seriously. And if you want to, if you get there and you just want to be a weekend warrior, fine, but you can't train like that because it's not going to fly. So. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Definitely. I saw like, I'm. 44 years old. I have asthma and stuff like that. And someone just like, I see these guys sometimes that are even like worse off. And like, like, why are you in this? That's a horrible idea. You know, and they're like 40 something years old and trying to start their career. And they're not like in, you know, they're not like in immaculate shape or anything either. Like, just yeah. like guys. And I'm like, oh, this is not such a good idea. I'm pretty positive. I just, the guy had a guy in my last class that was like 46 or 48. And then like in that same class, I had three people dislocate their shoulder. Mm. On a roll. Ooh. Fuck. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be mean, but like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Right. Uh, I would appreciate that honesty. I mean, God, if you're looking to train, like you're, you're, you're making money. So if you're telling them the same for you, then obviously, <laughs> you know, like I would listen to that and go, okay, you might have something here. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the asshole. Well, you know, it's funny too. And I'll keep like, you talked about Teddy Hart and stuff like that. And, there's a big thing now, I think, where people, especially in the online community, like we can't separate almost. Like you can't just say Teddy Hart's a great wrestler. Somebody's going to like, oh, you hear what he said? Like, well, no, he didn't tell you that everything Teddy ever did was like the greatest idea in the world. He's just saying the guy knows his shit about wrestling. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I watch that sometimes. And I'm like, all right, guys, let's calm down. What are we doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. What do you uh, got coming up? Anything you want to promote? Social media? I don't, I'm a, I'm back on Twitter. I hate Twitter. I get it. I'll peruse Twitter very, very little. But the thing is, is if you interact with me, I will interact with you back, but I don't pander to fans. Like if you say something stupid, I will tell you that you said something stupid. Hence, I've got screenshots of people that were complaining about my name being spelled on AEW. I was like, you're a fucking cuck, bro. Like, shut up. Like, this is stupid. Like, why would it hurt you to spell it Jason? J-A-S-O-N? Yeah, it would. Your name's fucking Dakota Robert or something. Like, the kid name, kid name was like Dakota Patrick. <laughs> like, well, I'm not named after two terrible states, and I don't have a first name for a last name. Like... So uh, if you if you're gonna come at me on Twitter, please bring the fire. I will absolutely let you know if you got me because that's just how I operate. But I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Don't friend request me if you're gonna send me stupid messages or like I, I promote my stuff on both of those oh, man. when I'm tagged. You can follow. You could. I would prefer if you just go follow Magnum Wrestling. It's at Magnum Wrestling Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, which we're going to start doing a lot more with Twitch this coming next year because we've been on hiatus. But when does this go up? Is this live or is this? No, no, no. This will go up. So I think December, I would say December 11th. Oh, cool. Fine. Then uh, we actually tomorrow, which is like Wednesday the 24th, we announce our return date because we went through a complete rebrand, like all new title belts done, all new production stuff. New logo went from Magnum Pro to Magnum Wrestling, and so we'll announce our return date, which is in end of end of January tomorrow. So follow Magnum. That's get on if you're on IWTV, watch our shows. You can definitely see a steady progression of, hey, we're having too much fun. Okay, now we're taking it serious. We're still having fun. Now we're getting a little more serious. Like it was a good steady progression of things, and the shows are good. They're entertaining. I I I book and run wrestling shows for party people. Wrestling fans just seem to enjoy it. But yeah, yeah, definitely. We're on Patreon too. We do some exclusive stuff for Patreon people. You can join our Patreon for as little as five bucks. You'll get match announcements, talent announcements early, access to tickets early. I've got, we've got an archive of like back catalog matches. So we opened the wrestling school right when the pandemic started. Okay. And so there was no wrestling. So like we would all just meet there on a Saturday and just record a bunch of wrestling. So we definitely broke quite a few. Well, they weren't really laws at that time, anyways. They're still not, but we definitely were like skating on thin ice there. So we've got a back catalog, a ton of stuff, and it was mainly for the students to get work and understand working for cameras and things like that. So, and then we we just drink beer all day. So I would get really drunk and bury them on commentary. So like I feel bad for it now, but but they always came back to me like, no, it was great because like you just basically live critiqued my match, and so I just go back and listen to what you're saying, and then I get it, and I was like, oh okay. 
I still felt like a huge asshole. He's like, that's though. <laughs> yeah, his whole back catalog of stuff there. We actually went back and re-released like all of our early shows from 2011 to our patrons. So we're steadily getting more content back out there and we'll start having exclusive merchandise and stuff there. So if people got five bucks they can throw away every month, hit up our Patreon because that's appreciated. Every Every penny we get from Patreon goes back into the company. I don't take any of that it's all to upgrade our production pay our production crew to do cool new stuff buy lights setups all that stuff so yeah that's really about it you can follow the, you can follow the yellow dog you can watch me and the yellow dog yell at each other back and forth on twitter he's on twitter and instagram at charismatic k9 just actually k and then the number nine so give him a follow and and watch him be nice and then watch me yell at him <laughs> the people that are in the know are like how do why do you do this i'm just like i get bored at the gym in between sets so just, i'll talk to i'll carry on a conversation with myself for no reason yeah. i did it just today so bury myself on one and then talk shit from the other it's just whatever it's, yeah, it's gotta be fun when people get into it though yeah like, <laughs> i get people that'll text me and be like jesus like why like like why would you do that so yeah definitely i just, you can interact interact with me like i said i i interact back i'm this is my job, so you know, social media is part of my job. Yeah, I hear you on that. <laughs> yeah. I, hate I, I hate it. If I didn't run a wrestling company, promoters could text me or email me. Like I would not do social media at all. If I didn't have to do it, I would. Yeah. So, that's why I always. That's why I always hoped I'd get a TV contract, so I could just be like, eh, I don't have to do this now, and then I would never have to do it. So, oh well. Get it. All right. Well, Jason, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll do it again, maybe. No problem. Anytime. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore. Pod. And then, as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 